With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back, back, run like a wild man. I watched you struggle and I watched you wrestle with them angels. From Auburn University, Paul Jackson. The correct Auburn Arena time is 9.03 p.m. Sorry, Neville Arena at Bruce Pearl Court, the Pearly Gates, Golden Flake Forum. It is 9.03 p.m. Your digital audio device tuned into the Orange and True podcast. Greetings and salutations. Orange and True Thursday is I at Center Crow 2 on Twitter. You can find me at Center Crow on Venmo. We're brought to you, as always, by the friendly folks at collegeatmagnolia.com. Shout out to Jack, our producer. Joining me, be the magic of the internet, it's Ryan S. Starrett. The S stands for... Can't not say soccer this week. Soccer? I was going to say... We can be creative about it, but it's soccer. You win 9 nothing at soccer. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We won 9 nothing at soccer. But I could also say, like, seeing you on this pod for five years this episode. Man. To the other I side of me... Five years now. Via the magic of the internet, Skype connection coming through strong. It is the AU chief. Do you hear me? Good day. How do? Affirmative. And also joining us, the best unpaid, unsolicited recruiting advice you will ever hear. Not advice. Recruiting info you'll ever hear. It's the AU nerd. I mean, I have plenty of advice to <laughs> give as well if, if Brian Brian is open to any any sort of suggestions. Just sign more giant guys. Yeah, I'd start with get 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 the guys that have all the stars. Get all those. Yep. Just 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 sign them all up. It's like a good plan. I think, and we say this every year. Why pay for a paid site when AU Nerd gives it to you for free? Why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free, as they say? I think you're you're gonna have to go to Twitter for most of those takes now, right? Is that a? That is true. I have I have hung up the old the old blog and pen uh, due to just way too much going on in the real world that uh, I can't spend. Uh, you know, some would argue that I spent too much time previously. You know, uh, who, tracking, who, who? tracking the lives of uh, 16 and 17 year old athletes. No one would um, say that. I would argue probably not enough. Yeah, but, true. Uh, but now uh, that's become even even more difficult. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, okay. I still got plenty of takes, though. What about collecting those takes as a thread each week on Twitter? And then I can do the unroll me. <laughs> and just I can just post it online and Perfect. say it's from the both of us. Perfect. Auburn fans, this is birthday and Christmas. All right. We've got a heck of a show for you. It's our fifth annual, which I cannot believe it's been five years. Our fifth annual depth chart 
depth charge, which is harder and harder for me to say each year. This is the show in which we go through the depth chart position by position, and we give you the info no other show gives you. What are the guys' names? Who do we think is going to start? Is it a good idea? Are the they a Star that, Wars character, or are they a, a Have we heard of them before? <laughs> yeah. Does Crow know them from Adam? This is the type of stuff that you come to this show and not any other show for. What time is the first game? All that stuff. Breaking news, like who? who's the, the captains? Who are the captains of this team? Uh, if you're listening right now and you don't know, you're going to find out. Yep. Breaking sports news first, guaranteed, on the Orange and True podcast. You guys? We've got to stick with tradition, though, right? Before we get into any uh, football talk. Got to be Auburn soccer. Yeah. This is the Auburn soccer podcast of record, as everyone has come to know us. And if you are right now going, I'm going to speed up this podcast, hit that plus 15 seconds button on my podcast app, I'm going to tell you right now, you better quit. Auburn soccer had a heck of a week. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Brian, did you go to one of the games? I sure did. I was at the opener uh, against Old Dominion. Auburn took it home, one nothing. Were you doing shots with the uh, parents in the parking lot? before? I was not. I did observe. I did not partake. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hey, a friend of the show, Al, had him trained real well, I'm sure. (laughs) Ryan, that is your mission. Next next home soccer game is to be (laughs) – and I want a recording for the pod of score predictions and then a post-game wrap-up from one soccer mom. Yeah, and you got to get them out to the tailgate next weekend, too. Yeah, this is this is now your role. What else you got to do? Work? Solicitor. That's what you got to do. Is that Yeah, that'd be a solicitor, right? We're no. the Auburn Soccer Podcast <laughs> of record. So Auburn won its opener 1-0. Then turned around and played Southern Miss. And Southern Miss did not have one solitary thing for the Auburn. <laughs> not one thing. And Auburn won by the disrespectful score of 9-0. to zero. Now, guys, a friend of mine and I have tried to come up with, if you convert association football to American football, score-wise, what is a goal worth? And we have said it is worth, I have said, it is worth six points. So a goal is worth two field goals. So if you win 1-0, it's like you won a three a 6-0 game. Fine. If you lose 1-0, you only lost by a goal, like two, two goals or two field goals or a goal. But if you lose like 4 nothing, we've always said, like, that is a, a blowout of catastrophic proportions. Nine to zero is a beat them down. That I mean, I don't even it's like know. Sixty three to nothing. Uh, yeah, like you're <laughs> you're pulling guys out of the student section to play the second half of that game. <laughs> There's no need for it. It's like Brett Bielema coaching and uh, Jordan Hare. It's like that type of. Oh type yeah, of yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, bringing it back. There we go. I was going to say it's like that Oklahoma, Texas A and M games, Ryan. Dennis Francione was a coach who <laughs> famously left Alabama for Texas A&M. A thought that is so unthinkable now. The the greatest part about that for me, uh, uh, to to follow on a little Dennis Francione tangent, was that I went to the O2 Iron Bowl 
And buddy, they were bigging that guy up. Oh yeah, he was the next guy. He was all over the screens. They like they loved him. Coach Fran. Then he goes to A and M. They beat OU and Bobby Stoops. I want to say they beat him like they beat him bad, and they ran the score up in the second half. They made Bob Stoops mad. And their head, their quarterback was a guy named Reggie McNeil from Lufkin, Texas, who was awesome at Texas A&M. The following season, Oklahoma beat them seventy-seven to zero in the most disrespectful football game I've ever watched. Like seventy-seven so zero. They left the conference. Yeah. 77-0 is so stupid that, like, the idea that there weren't just fights after every play. Like, I couldn't imagine – Twitter didn't exist back then. If Twitter had existed, it would be all anyone talked about for a month would be the 77-0 game. Beat them so bad that when their fans found out that Oklahoma was coming to join them in the SEC, they probably – had some pretty bad uh, flashbacks. Oh, A and M fans will still talk about that. <laughs> yeah, legitimately, it's a, it is a, uh, it is like the Brazil lost to Germany in the World Oof. Cup. Oof, that's yeah, that's a good, so that, good comparison. The seventy-seven nothing game was two thousand three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Did, do you know how many times A and M beat Oklahoma? The rest of the time they were in the Big Twelve together. Oh, never. I don't think ever beat zero. Them. One time, one two thousand ten. Really? Oh. Like right before they left. Oh. Um, yeah, it's that 77 0 game was a, that is a moment. I can still remember the picture. It was like a picture of Fran that made the rounds in the early days of the internet of him just like hands on his hips and it has like the uh, a, the ABC score bug in front of him. It says Texas m 0, Oklahoma 77. And it is just so bizarre seeing that number in a conference game. All right. But but we digress. Go see Auburn soccer. Support There's another the beatdown. Uh, there there were two beatdowns this weekend in Auburn soccer, right? I thought it was just the one. Right? Weren't there two games, right? Uh, yeah. So the opener was said was Thursday against Old Dominion. Yeah, uh, just a one nothing. Yeah, uh, one nothing win for the Tigers. Okay. Anna had it, yeah. obviously scoring the winning goal there. Uh, How many goals did she have this weekend? Uh, just two, one of each game. Oh, okay. Yeah, they they took uh, yeah they took a lot of the starters out. Yeah. Wow. So this against Southern Miss, it was I think three nothing at half. I mean, yeah. still a you know pretty comfortable lead there, and they just came out of the you know second half firing, put up another six goals. I know another uh, another ball off the crossbar as well that was inches from going in could have been ten yeah. nothing. Um, had 28 shots in the game, 13 on goal, meaning that the Southern Miss goalie had four saves out of 13 shots on goal. Not not a great number there. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> four four saves will get you one uh, one FPL bonus what point. Is, I think. What is giving up nine goals to you? Though? Oh, uh, negative seven. <laughs> Man, over the two games, Auburn's defense. Uh, just you know, kind of shut the opposing offenses down. Only allowed eight total shots, three on goal between two games. Um, makes life pretty easy for uh, Matt Rohaska back there. I mean, Auburn used 10 subs in that game. That's, that's, uh, that's a lot. 
Um, yes. I mean, it's, I, I don't really know the sub rules in 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 a soccer, but that's a lot of subs. You can yeah. sub in and out. I don't know what. I mean, yeah, I don't know how many subs can leave and come back. Have. But that's ten unique subs. Okay. Yeah. So that's a lot of bodies. So essentially, twenty players. They played twenty-one players. Okay. They didn't sub their goalie. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's something else. That's a that's a lot of players. <laughs> I I don't. Game. I'm assuming that's everyone that was on the bench. Oh yeah. You it, when you're up nine to zero, you put the water boy in. Yeah. Like, you're not giving up nine goals. You could pull the goalie and not give up nine goals. Uh, so so uh, here's some bad news. Th- this weekend it appears they are not at home. No, that's not. true. They're at Wake Forest this weekend. They play well, at Tallahassee that. on Thursday. They play uh. So they, it gets real, real quick for Auburn soccer. So the Knolls are really good, as always. Um, and that's actually going to be – that's a huge test for Auburn. And that's not a gimme. I would all, almost expect not to win that game. Auburn, Florida State's been good for 100 years. Wake Forest, also an ACC team, but Auburn could, get, could come over there and get a win. And you win if you win in the ACC – uh, the ACC has historically been one of the best, if not the best, conference in ladies soccer in the United States. Um, yeah, but so that's a, to me. I want to, I want to win that game. The last time we played them was 2011. Wake Forest won four to zero. Auburn should be favored yeah. in this game, though. Um, Auburn's a top 15 team or so. Yeah. Wake's kind of you know outside looking in on the top 25. Um, Florida State, I've scouted Remember, Demon Deacons too well. But Florida State and, was super good last year, and Auburn lost. Uh, it was number one versus number ten, and yep. and Florida Auburn State last year. came to came to Auburn number one in America, and Auburn lost two uh, one. Scored a goal late in the game to make it two one, and and almost they had a chance at a goal late in the game to tie it up and didn't get it, but. Yep. This is that a, was you remember that was when Florida State came out and scored in the first thirty seconds. Yeah, know, full crowd, really getting into it and kind of. It was a top ten matchup. Took the sales up under him. I can't. It may have been the only top ten matchup that Auburn hey, soccer toasted. Here's the ever. thing. I bet neither one of these teams has eight different goal scorers already. <laughs> you can't put a what, price tag on scoring eight goals. There yeah. we go. Yeah, because. Uh, <laughs> Aside, uh, Anna Haddock scored once in that game. Uh, Sir, Sir Brina McNeil had a brace, uh, but then the rest of the goals were scored by other people. So that's oh yeah, it's a, a lot of a lot of people. It was goals. unbelievable. Anna Haddock, guys, is the real deal. There's a chance she's the best at her sport of any athlete on campus, besides basketball. Besides basketball, but there's a chance that she's the best at her sport of any athlete on campus outside of men's basketball. And because she is a, she's probably going to be an all conference player. She is dominant at what it is she does. Um, if you want to go see somebody who represents Auburn extremely well and does something at the highest level, she's it. She'll be playing, she'll be getting paid to play soccer soon. Are these um... junior this year and was, you know, the best player in the team last year, led the team in goals, a uh, big time goal scorer in the COVID year. Um, but yeah, she she deserves the the Sunny D treatment, I think. Uh, oh, for sure. Just an outstanding player, awesome to watch, had a cannon of a leg. 
They should sell her jersey. This team is going to be really good. I think she's possibly a little faster than Sunny D. <laughs> I'd love to see that race. I would say so, yeah. Okay. Only Anna had it to beat him so bad, but I think she would too. <laughs> Brie Folds would have beat him. Yeah. Wherever she's at now, she's probably still faster than Sunny D. Uh, yeah, but the, so that first game's on ACC Network, uh, for anybody that gets that, uh, I don't know if I do or not, why, why would I watch ACC Network, but, uh, and the other one's on ACC NX, which I, I I'm just going to go out on a limb and guess that that's some sort of pay subscription um, deal. ACC NX is the, on ESPN plus more, yeah, okay. ACC Network is an ESPN property, so. Okay. ACC NX is where they show like Florida State's skateboarding team. Oh, I was I was thinking other things. Anyway, um, skateboarding. They show like the snowboarding team. Okay, they have like rap battles. That's cool. Traditional ACC sports. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, Duke, so yeah, Duke's Duke's That's the, Miami the usual boat team. The well, not usual, but uh, I guess Thursday is Florida State ACC Network uh, at five p.m. and. Uh, Wake Forest is ACCNX. So I guess just check ESPN, like Ryan said, and that's at noon on Sunday. ACCNX, X, 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 X. After you're right. uh, sleeping off your hangover from partying, watching whatever crappy college football game is on. Uh, hey, on that Saturday. is that is Vandy at Hawaii at nine thirty Eastern. Jesus, Vandy is that? What, what channel is that on? Uh, yeah, prob- that would be on CBS Sports YouTube Network. only Hawaii home game. That'll be CBS Sports televised. Network. Yep. <laughs> what? Chief, what that's not a channel. No, CBS Sports Network is like the channel where they put like rugby the Mountain games. West channel. Are you? Are you? And Ryan's that's gonna the like... channel that does. No, it's great because that's the channel that does Mountain West and then like Academy football. But they play the SEC on CBS theme for those games. Oh, I love the so, idea that Ryan probably pays like $80 a month for cable uh, just so I he can watch Vandy at uh, Most people have this. This is, this is sicko-level stuff watching this channel. Yeah, anyway, it is not even close. It is like the <laughs> sickoest. <laughs> Crow, do you know, does Crow know, nope. who the Hawaii head coach is? No. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, oh, no. That guy, they fired that actually guy. This one. No, I don't know this. Timmy Chang. No way. Yeah. Man, I love they couldn't Timmy get anybody Chang. else to coach there. I used to love Hawaii. After, after Ty Graham had to appear in front of the state Senate because yeah. of how he was leading Bro, the football program. Yeah. Ty Timmy Graham Chang. was destroying it. And I think Timmy Chang's the right thing for Timmy, thinks, Timmy Chang's the right thing for Hawaii football. I'm a low-key Hawaii football fan. I haven't watched a game in years. However... There's I a want them to be good. decent chance that Hawaii is 0-12 this year. And I think Vandy's only a 7 or maybe an 8-point favorite in this game. Oof. You so can tell Hawaii how much... This one. You can tell how much I like or don't like my job by how long it's taken me to start looking up jobs in real estate in Hawaii. And I have yet to do it. So I like the job I'm currently in. But we used to laugh about go. that because like... Every job I've had before that, at some point, I'm like, well, I wonder if they got any jobs in Hawaii. I'd love to live in Hawaii. Love it. Same. Uh, All right, let's let's talk to, to the nerd today because we brought him on the pod because we know, as every Kiss fan knows, they wanted the best, they got the best. We got the AU nerd, and 
Are you kidding? Tell us. Am I a Kiss fan? You better believe it. Oh, man. All right. Didn't know that about you. Learn new things every day. Come on, man. Ace Freely, Peter Chris. Gene Gene Simmons. Gene Simmons. (laughs) As good as it gets. Okay. All right. Uh, We're going to go position by position down the depth chart. But to be clear, this is not an officially released right. depth chart. This is kind of our best guess. Well, this no, this is this what is it should be. Ryan uh, W.S. <laughs> Barrett, yeah. uh, Esquire depth chart. If you chart. got a problem with this depth chart, just you know, email ryanssterrett at gmail.com or tweet at ryanssterrett and tell them all the problems you have with this depth chart. <laughs> is, is that your email, Ryan? It probably is not his email address. It probably is an email address. So here's what you're going to do. I'm going to tell you a position. Ryan, you give us the depth chart. Nerd, tell me why Ryan's wrong. Well, just, just so you know, I have been uh, editing. Yeah, I saw you, I saw you I, add in a kick return and punt return. Was that I, you? I made, a, I made a few edits, but I will say, Ryan, overall, uh, I'm in agreement with much of what Ryan has. So. Yeah, you guys you don't really analyze just some minor them. tweaks, some you know, switching some right <laughs> tackles and some left tackles, and you know that fun stuff. You guys been analyzing the practice uh, videos over the last couple of days? Is that uh... oh, absolutely? Apparently, Ryan has every channel on cable, so he's probably got a channel that shows practice. <laughs> All right, I'm scraping the bunker for these rumors. We are going to go. <laughs> ugh, scraping is correct. <laughs> We are going to go position by position, but we're going to leave the one everyone wants to hear for last because this is professional podcasting. All right. Are you talking about the kicker? <laughs> right. That's the one. Um, no, not the kicker, the uh, kickoff specialist. Whoa. KOS. Biggest for chief. Uh, let's start with the right tackle. We're going to go offense first, defense second. What okay. do you think? Like it's it's not a uh, a big Sounds secret. Amazing. The offensive line is kind of the secret, or not the secret. The uh, <laughs> the offensive line is the most oh, important man. part Sorry. of this. Sorry, everybody. To be successful this year, I mean, I've, we've been saying that for what five years now, six years now. Put at right tackle, Austin Troxel and Alec Jackson. Nerd, how do we feel there? I mean, I think it's the uh, it's you know how long can Trox's knees knees hold up again. But I've uh, heard this, this is the healthiest he's been. It, he's in the it best is, of his life. I think it was uh, Jason Caldwell wrote the other day, reported the other day that he actually earned MVP honors from like the second scrimmage on the offensive side. Like apparently he had one of his best performances, um, which is which is awesome to hear. Uh, sure. Alec Jackson, he's kind of like, I mean, I think he's going to be one of those guys that. Uh, if there's an injury, it's probably Brandon Council's probably the first guy up somewhere. <laughs> Move it. Even if he starts, he's probably moving to that position, and then they're putting someone else in. The second guy is probably Alec Jackson. Um, okay. But he like he started on the guard a bunch earlier uh, in practice, but they've he's pretty steadily been working at the at the two spot at right tackle. So I mean, those are two guys. I think this is like I think they're both super seniors, um, and they're both redshirted. Uh, I was about to say, so I think yeah, they're both six years, aren't they? Like yeah. 26 years old. Yeah, I mean, these guys have been around for These guys are my age. They're like a BYU team. 
So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think at this point, for some of these dudes like you know Troxel and Jackson, it's like at this point we just gotta see it. Like we've talked about them for so long. It's yeah. The same I mean, stuff. yeah. When they signed, Tommy Tuberville was gonna lead to great things, <laughs> and then here they are. All right. Yeah, I, I'm just uh, these names are all names that we all should know, right? Anyway, yeah, let's, let's do the same name. I'll just go through the yeah. whole offensive line. We can yeah. address because right. a lot of these, a lot of these positions still aren't set in stone, uh, so we can talk about them as a, as a group. Right guard, uh, right and right guard, Keandre Jones and uh, Jewel Irvin. Center, Tate Johnson and Avery Jernigan. Left guard, Brandon Council and Cam Stutz. And then a left tackle, Killian Zier and Brendan Coffey. And the name that's you know not starting out of that list that may uh, earn a starting role seems like Cam Stutz. Uh, I think he's had a pretty good camp. Is Killian Zarir? He's a diehard villain. Is he the German cat? Yeah, he's the German Juco. He's the one that was uh, like the top Juco offensive tackle, looked poised to be day one starter and blew his ACL out at the end of the Juco season. And he's just now kind of fully recovered from that. Really at the end of last year, he kind of had gotten there. So, um, all right. A lot of of repaired knees. Yeah. Uh, As long as they can road grade, as long as they can just block. I, I'm glad to hear about Cam Stutz because he's got a really killer name. Like Cam name. Stutz. Stutz. Pancake blocked by Cam Stutz. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Crow, I'm going to put uh, Zier's hometown in the chat, and I'm going to just have you tell me where that's at in Germany. I cannot <laughs> tell me about it. Bubba? Oh, in the Slack chat. Hawking uh, Kirkens. It's a who in who in Kirken? Hohen Kirken, Zygersbrun, Zygersbrun, Hohen Kirken, Zygersbrun, Kirken. Sorry, you got to you got to put a little more phlegm in it. Yeah, so that's going to be Mecklenburg. So that's actually really, really north, north Germany. Um, yeah, so that's like the closest big city is going to be Hamburg, and Google's telling me that's not Munich. Oh yeah, you're right. Hohen, Ho, I, I there are two cities. One is Hohenkirchen, and one is Hohenkirchen Zygotsbrunn, and the one is super far north, and the other is super far south. And he is from super far south, which makes a lot of sense why he would play football. That's in much more uh, American influenced region of the country because after World War II, they divvied up the nation. And America got the south part of Germany, and so like Munich and all that, which is why most Americans, when they think of Germany, think of things that are all Munich, like the giant Biersteins, Lederhosen, all that Oktoberfest. stuff. Oktoberfest. None of that takes place outside of Munich, yet that is like the stereotypical German thing. Uh-huh. It would be like if everybody thought of America as, I don't know, Sacramento. So you're telling me the movie Beer Fest is not. It's uh, probably in Munich. <laughs> not an accurate yeah. depiction of all Germany. <laughs> the movie Beer Fest. Okay. No. It's a great movie. Everybody should check it out. Definitely not. Anyway, that's your German note. Hmm. He is from southern Germany, so his accent's going to be a little bit slower. That's a southern U.S. joke. Nerd, we're obviously missing one name off the offensive line group. Nick Brahms might 
play, but looks like he may not be playing. I may have flown, flown off the team. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I made a joke about replacing knees, but like for Brahms, that's really is the. I mean, he's just. I think it's one of those where, um, he's he's the the reporting has been like basically he's still dealing with knee pain, like chronic knee pain, um. And I, he was out there for, I think it was one of the open practices. They did see him do some like non-contact reps, but um, I, I think the hope is they could get him back for Penn state. But I think it's probably not the best idea in the world to roll out a guy with banged up knees. Who's not sure if he can go physically uh, sit him out the first two games and then have his first start be against uh, Penn state. I think more than likely, uh, we're going to see, I think the era of Brahms is probably over and we're probably going to see, I hate it. I hate that he had, you know, he decides to come back. He puts his, uh, piloting, uh, piloting career on hold for a year to come back. And he just can't seem to, um, his body just can't seem to be back and ready to handle SEC play, but we'll see. I mean, there's still a chance he could come back, but, um, Tate Johnson's fascinating because he's, uh, he's a little bit undersized. So he's kind of a throwback, you know, older Old school center used to be, you know, the centers were not very big human beings on the offense. Like line. a Ryan Pugh. Yeah. And, uh, or, uh, the, the Sanford transfer in 2017, there's Casey Dunn. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the big, the big buzz about him is, is quickness. So, uh, you know, um, that he's, 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 a, he's very athletic. Uh, uh, one of maybe the quicker guys we have on the offense line. I think the big question is, you know, when he lines up across from, you know, Trayvon Walker of uh, Georgia and he lines up from the, uh, I can't remember, I don't know who's that, I guess DJ Dale, I think the nose at Alabama, you know, does he get bulldozed? Can he, can he hold up in those scenarios? But, uh, well, that, those are the guys you need to chop block, right? Yeah, go for the knees. Well, uh, let's be clear. If we say he's undersized, and I put air quotes there, he's, he's 6'4, 285. Right. I mean, for an SEC offensive lineman, yes, he's undersized, but he's not a, yeah, Small he's not tiny. He's not yeah. tiny, tiny. He's, yeah, he's, he's bigger than Pew. Pew was only about six foot tall. Like Pew was, Pew was a small guy. But yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I liked uh, Tate Johnson a lot coming out of high school. He he came out of Callaway the same. So actually, Auburn could be starting three Callaway uh, grads this year, and Keandre Jones, uh, Tate Johnson, and Tank Bigsby. Uh, those were all paired together, running all over people in high school not that long ago. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. It, what's actually kind of fascinating is if you go back and look, I actually need to pull it up. What was the 2021 depth chart? There's a lot of talk about the experience returning and all these things, but but there's a chance uh, if, like, let's say Cam Stutz starts, you could have uh, three new starters on yeah. this offensive line going into the game. So if you're looking for optimism, if you're someone that is, uh, you know, understandably uh, down on the potential of the offensive line and all these guys are back. How, how's it going to be any better? There's a very good chance. This is a different looking group. I mean, Killian Zaire came in near the end of last year, but you know, if you have Zaire Stutz and Tate Johnson, that's, that's a whole new look uh, of a line. Um, So we'll see what happens there. I think in the first two games, you're going to see a lot of rotating. Um, Maybe not a lot, but you'll see some, like I think you'll see brand council and cam Stutz rotate some of left guard. And I think you'll see council some at center. And you might even see coffee a little bit on either one of the tackle spots um, to, you know, just, just to try out and see what they feel comfortable with going in to Penn State. They did a lot of that last year, rotating the guards without Jackson and when Tayshawn Manning was here. Um, so I don't think this is set in stone, but I think that group is who you're going to see. Um, and we'll see. It's going to, you know, 
that's definitely the, uh, you know, the quarterbacks that everyone's talk about and understandably, but if this group is just, you know, fifth best offensive line, right. that would be a huge thing for Auburn this year. Um, because when you get out of Georgia and Alabama, the tiers below that are completely wide open. And so if you have the fifth best offensive line with this defense, you got a chance to win a lot of games. Um, this is a little bit off topic. Is Nick Brahms related to Brahms? Like the ice cream and... No, nah, it's spelled different. It's too bad for him. Cashing on that <laughs> yeah, sweet, sweet are, milkshake those money. Those are really good. Um, all right, let's do defensive line. All right. Uh, defensive line. It's going to be an interesting look this year. Probably playing a lot of 3-4, so we'll leave the edges off of here for now. We'll just talk about the the end, the defensive tackle, and uh, the, the nose tackle. Did we play much? Sorry, did we play much 3-4 last year at all? Yeah, so that we I do. We did. Yes, we, we did. When yeah, it's it's a multiple look. So the 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 old school base defense of this would be a three four, but most teams aren't r- trotting out right. fullbacks or tight ends. So like, if you go back and watch like Texas A and M uh, games like that, you'll see some of the three four looks, and you'll see Tony Fair actually had like the fourth most snaps um, on the defensive line last year. Um, really, our base is a two four five, which is you know the two yeah, down linemen and two edges. Um, Very modern. Yeah. Just a situational nose tackle. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the on the line. name is at, called situational nose tackle. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. Uh, at defensive end, you've got Colby Wooden, Morris Joseph Jr., who's transferring in from Memphis. Is that right, Nerd? Yep. Yep. Super and senior. Then, yeah. Uh, and then Zakevius Walker kind of rounding out that defensive end group. At defensive tackle, Marcus Harris and uh, Thanos himself, Jeffrey Emba. Then it nose tackle the Oregon transfer Jason Jones and uh, the the owner of I think the the spiritual successor of the Peacock, Mister Predict These Nuts himself, Marquise Burks. Which or will this Oregon transfer? What was his name? Jason Jones. Jason Jones. Yeah. Will Jason Jones take the most snaps at Auburn of any Oregon transfer this season? No. Yes. Yes. Oh, dang. I think so. Yep. Uh, we'll, see. First we'll see. We'll see. Uh, that's, that's a tricky one. Um, but of the three, I'm the most confident that he will be a major impact player. Uh, I think Jason Jones is, is – he uh, reminds me in terms of just um, kind of the buzz about him, uh, Eculiota, where the, the transfer happened so far ago that he kind of – just forget about it and people move on to like the next, you know, last year a lot of people were talking about like Tony fair and Demetrius Robertson who are all these later additions. Um, and then, you know, Ikeluyota ends up breaking out and becoming this star. He was like the first commitment. Um, Jason Jones is, I think one of the most critical pickups we've had. Um, he's, he's, I think Ferg actually had a story about this on Auburn observer. He might be the largest defensive lineman in Auburn history. Uh, I think he like dug through the media guides and couldn't find um, anyone bigger. He's like six six three thirty or something. Um, but he is a much better athlete than Tony Fair was. So this this guy's a thir- three down player. Um, he's he's one you will see when we go to the two four five. You will see him get plenty of snaps uh, as just a defensive tackle. He won't just be a nose. Mm. Um, so he's definitely got to, to look out for. He really helps the interior of that that defense. It put, takes a lot of pressure off Marcus Harris who 
uh, you know, the Kansas transfer who actually had a really good year last year. Um, part of the reason why Derek Hall and Leota and Colby Wooden were able to do so much was because Harris was taking on blocks and, and, and causing problems that let those guys work one-on-one. And, and now Jason Jones can provide that. And I think you might see Marcus Harris's numbers uh, tick up some this year too, um, because he's not having to carry that load anyway. So uh, yeah, I think that's a really big pickup. Obviously Colby Wooden's the man. He's one of the best interior defensive linemen that no one nationally talks enough about. Uh, and Marcus Harris was was an was one of those excellent evals uh, from the portal last year, and I think he has a chance to be even better this year. And then what's interesting is the layer behind that. Uh, you know, we have Burks, but the other two are you know Jeffrey Imba and Morris Joseph, who are like completely opposite. So Jeffrey Imba is this freaky dude, uh, JUCO player, but he's very raw. I think people need to tamper their expectations down on what Thanos does this year. I think he's a chance to be the guy next year. Um, but they're actually talking about, I think it was Jimmy Brumball was talking about how he still doesn't even know some things about just generally in football. Like he's just been playing recently. He didn't grow up like watching football a ton. And uh, so they'll like mention things and he'll like some of the questions he asks, like shocks them. Cause they're just like, well, yeah, that's like, that's, this is how football is played. Uh, so there's a lot of learning with him, but he is, uh, I mean, uh, just one of the most athletically gifted defensive linemen Auburn's had. Um, so it's just about getting him to understand the position. And then you look at Morris Joseph Jr., who's like in the sixth season. He's like 6'2". I'm trying to remember his weight. He's a little bit of a smaller guy, quicker guy. Um, he had a monster season about two years ago at Memphis, something like 17 tackles for loss. Uh, kind of disappeared last year, but he has been blowing up during uh, uh, fall camp. So – uh, there's can be some funny looking lineups out there because you could have a scenario where you know you go three four with the second team defensive line and you've got six six Jason Jones at the at the nose and you've got six five Jeffrey Imba at on one side and then you got six two two eighty something Morris Joseph on the other side. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think the big question I, I'll interest see is is can Zykevis Walker get in the mix? Um, Brian Harson's pretty harsh on like not allowing people to talk about injuries. Uh, this is a thing that more coaches are doing that I don't really understand, but uh, Walker has not been appearing on any practice reports for a bit. So I'm pretty confident he's dealing with some injuries, um, but he's a former top 100 player that we're still waiting to break out. Uh, and then behind that came guys like Marquise Robinson, who was a former four-star that went into the portal, enrolled briefly at Missouri, never showed up to campus and then came back to Auburn and participated in fall camp. Uh, is he a guy that that can start seeing uh, snaps? Um, because one of the one of the few major flaws from that defense last year was, I think Derek Mason and Nick Easton had too much of a. Well, I think for Mason it was probably from coaching at Vanderbilt where you didn't have depth, and then Nick Easton coming from the NFL, we didn't really rotate. Uh, Colby Wooden and Marcus Harris played 500 plus snaps, and like the next closest was like JJ Pegues at like maybe 300. Uh-huh. So there was this huge gap, and you could see the defense wear down. Like you could see the the tired. And and Brumball's already said he wants eight to ten to roll out there, just like Ronnie Garner used to do, just like most SEC schools do. So I think you'll see more rotation up there this year. Uh, I just I'm curious to see who emerges outside of the, the those first six. Who's who's the seven or eight guys that maybe can give you one or two series a game to to give Colby a break. Um, but I'm really excited know. about this group. So. I'd love to know what Jeffrey Imba's confused about. I hope it's like like I, 
I do not know why is they why did they want to punt? But why? I wish like, I could remember. I think he maybe gave two. an example, but I don't remember. I just remember uh, it was really funny because Brumbo was like, uh, he sounds like a character. Inbal sounds like uh, the dude loves him. Go for it. He go he got up there and was like writing things in French, or he was like he yeah. got he got fired. Apparently, he gets really fired up. He like got up there and was like delivering a speech in French, and everybody was like, "Dude, we don't we don't know what you're saying." <laughs> <laughs> Je ne comprends pas, my friend. But, uh, I don't understand. Yeah, so I think he he's gonna be one of those guys in like in down the road when you know it's game seven or eight. He's gonna be start he's gonna start popping on on the tape, and I think he's got a chance. But I think people do need to relax a little bit. I don't think. Don't call him a bust when he doesn't have, you know, eight sacks this year. I think I think people need to uh, understand he's still developing. Just watch like a couple episodes of Lupin, Lupin on Netflix. If you haven't watched it, it's a great show. And and then imagine Jeffrey Imba as that lead character, and it's going to be great. That's a by the way, if you haven't watched Lupin on Netflix, it's an incredible crime show from France. It is L U P I N. It is so so good. Is that the All thief right. one? Yeah, he's a thief. He's a he's a gentleman yeah. thief. It's like um yeah. I don't want to spoil it. Everything See, I'm col- I'm cultured. I'm cultured. <laughs> Dude, I don't you, just I don't just stalk seventeen year olds. If you or you, you can watch Ratatouille. Come uh, man. Also set in France. Ratatouille famously set in France. <laughs> um, you guys, we you didn't think even. Imba and Zero have been uh, gone against each other in practice at all. And just get some French German back and forth. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Where are we gonna go with this? Yeah. No, that's that's all I have. Okay. Good. <laughs> Perfect. All right. All right. <laughs> I I uh I will say you guys have talked about France so much that I almost want to do a full Tour de France recap. We'll save that for another, <laughs> oh, another episode. Um. We're uh we're in the thick of it, guys. Let's go to the defensive backfield. We're just all over the place, aren't we? <laughs> Yeah, we're saving one one position for last. Okay. So uh, there's like one person that's back. really mad about the way this is the Who? way this is flowing. I'm just I'm saying there's gonna, there's gonna be like one person listening that's yeah. like just go in order. What is the order? I don't know. It's probably cut off <laughs> if he's still going line line D backs running backs. Like, All right. Backer. Let's. Uh, I love to see the way your brain works, Crow. Yeah. Let's start with the safeties, because uh, there may be uh, a surprise there. Um, it looks like a, you know, one spot, it's Zion Puckett and Marquise Gilbert, Caleb Wooden back them up. And at the other spot, uh, Caden Bridges, who's had an excellent fall camp. And then the Iowa State transfer, Craig McDonald, backing him up. Yeah, this is an interesting group. Uh, Puckett's the... The only kind of veteran experienced, uh, well, not true because Craig McDonald has experience, but at Auburn. Um, but he looks like a linebacker. Uh, I think he's actually trimmed down some. He was like 225 at one point. I think he's down to like 215, as we said the other day. Um, but yeah, Caden Bridges has been one of the stories of fall camp. Um, he's another, he's the, he, he was the same class as Jarquez Hunter. He was just like him. He was this kid from nowhere, Mississippi, that no one was paying any attention to, that Auburn snuck in and pulled out. And I remember looking at his tape and be like, man, if this guy can run, like the big question for me was like, when you watch, especially when made the competition great, you're like, you know, does, does he have the speed to play in the sec? Cause he's got everything else. He's, he was an elite baseball player. Uh, he's a, he's a very good athlete, big kid. I was like, can he run? 
And apparently he can because he's, he's been the standout, uh, and he's, he's definitely uh, held on to that starting job, even with Craig McDonald, who started for Iowa State last year, um, who's been one of the better defenses. I mean, honestly, most of the evolution of defensive schemes right now in college ball is originating from what Iowa State's been doing. Uh, and and uh, so McDonald played in that that system, and he'll play a ton here. But yeah, Bridges has been interesting, and then um, Marquise Gilbert. He he looks like I feel like you know when you have a safety with the dreads hanging out and is like you know uh, bulked up, like that's just what an SEC safety should look like. So he's got the aesthetic. Now I just got to see you know he was the number one JUCO safety, um, and he's kind of rotated between the spots. And then Caleb Wooden was one of the standouts during spring. He's Colby Wooden's little brother. Um, a lot of people when he first committed was thinking like. Not to throw shade at, at Cam Brown, but there's a lot of people who are like, is this that situation again where we signed the little brother so Big Bro stays another year? Um, I don't think that's the case at all. I think Caleb Wooden can play, and I think at some point he will be a starter. Um, I'm not sure his his hype has died down some during fall camp. I think he, I think those first four are going to see more action than he does, but I think you'll see him on special teams and things like that. But well, he's a freshman. Group. That's, yeah, uh, this is an interesting group, and. Um, I'm really excited to see Bridges because if, if, if he is as good, I mean, Schmetting is re- really excited about this dude. And uh, I'm interested to see, because especially if he hits, that's another, you know, for whatever concerns we have in recruiting for other standpoints, if the eval and the fit and all the buzzwords that they talk about do hit, uh, you got a chance to at least be uh, a good team. And so if, if Bridges hits, then you've got, you think about that very small class they had, they signed on, you know, in like a two months period of time when he first got hired, he had Jarkis Hunter. They went out and got, they went and got out, got uh, Caden Bridges. Um, they need to, get, they need to go recruit nowhere in Mississippi more often. If both, <laughs> if both of these students end up being good. Yeah, and Caden Bridges. I mean, this is definitely one of those cases where he didn't just back into a, a starting role. If he ends up being the starter, uh, like I said, Marquis Gilbert being the number one JUCO safety and Craig McDonald starting. At another P5 school last year. I mean, uh, I think the expectation is that one of them was probably going to be the starter next bucket. So Caden Bridges winning this job is, you know, speaks a lot for how he's played in camp. Yeah, honestly, that's the story of a lot of places in, in on Auburn's depth chart where you can see uh, Harson's big on competition, competition. They brought dudes in to push, and there's some guys that just went out and hold on and won their jobs. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see that that group. I think you'll see some rotation back there too. All right. Well, at the the corner spots and the nickel, uh, like I said, Auburn's really going to be playing a lot of two uh, two four five this year. So yeah, that nickel really is a full time starter at this point. Uh, at the nickel, you've got Donovan Coffin, uh, who was great starter at safety fourth last year, and then uh, JD is it Rim Rhyme? Yeah. Rim. Rim. Uh, and then the other two corner spots, you got Nehemiah Pritchett, TJ James, and then freshman Austin Osbury, and then Jalen Simpson, Keontae Scott, and AD Diamond, kind of rounding out the rotation there. Yeah, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, the, the top three are set. Like Jalen, Nehemiah, and Donovan, they're kind of seeing the leaders in that room. They're going to start. Uh, Donovan Coffin got praised by like every position coach. Apparently, he's just a big leader in the locker room. He's doing a ton of stuff on special teams. Um, he's a guy too that if Auburn does when they see heavier 
personnel sets, you could see him slide back to safety um, uh, as well. Um, so he'll, he'll definitely be there. What's interesting is behind those group, uh, that's actually where been a lot of the excitement has been. Uh, Keontae Scott, number one Juco player, number one Juco corner, um, who showed up like four days before camp started to Auburn's <laughs> campus wow. and had like two picks in like the first two days. Um, can play everywhere. Uh, Zach Atherich talked about when they had the interview, everybody's rotating through. Like everybody is playing outside and inside um, just so they, they know what's going on. And if there's injuries, they can slide in there. So Scott has worked at the nickel. He's worked at core. I'm actually interested to see when the depth chart, official depth chart comes out, where some of these guys land in terms of like where they see their first spot. Is, there, is Scott actually on the outside or is he seen as the number two nickel? Um, but yeah, he's one. JD Rim has been, uh, he was one of those uh, uh, flips that happened, um, you know, one of our Mary Flipmases uh, in December from LSU when Corey Raymond left. Um, he's going to be a stud. Like, he's going to be a starting outside cornerback at, at some point, but they're just trying to figure out ways to get him on the field. So he's worked a lot at the nickel. I think that's where he'll stay. Um, and then you've got Austin Osbear, who's another true freshman who's kind of come on late. Uh, Schmetting called him out after the second scrimmage where apparently he had a major pick, like on one of the big situational series, he came up with a huge interception. Um, I always hearing thought the, he would be hearing a lot about interceptions by the secondary, which yeah. you know, was great for them, but you know, got to come from somewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We don't know who's throwing all these <laughs> interceptions, but there has <laughs> definitely been, uh, you know, we're looking for the guy who did this. Yeah. There's, I know there's it wasn't me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'll be interested to see with him. And then uh, AD Diamond is a fascinating player. He was the one Kevin Steele signee. <laughs> so you know when Kevin Steele was king of 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 Auburn for like a week during early signing day, which was great timing by Auburn. Excellent thing to do. <laughs> um, he went out and just signed this kid. Like just said, no, we're gonna bring this kid in. Um, and he was at, I remember he was at the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game, you know, Kool-Aid McKinstry was the, was the top-performing mm. player without a, da- without a doubt on, on the Alabama roster. But most everyone agreed the second-best dude out there was A.D. Diamond. Um, he's, li- he's, a li- he's like 165 pounds, but he is like a fluid athlete. He's a, he's a lockdown. He's got a potential to be one of those lockdown corners. Um, where does he f- – where does he figure in all this? I don't know. Another guy that's been coming up with a lot of picks. So, uh, you know, again, uh, uh, I don't, um, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. In the defensive backfield. I'm expecting, I'm expecting 30 picks from. Yeah. Our, yeah. Our it's not, it's not that our, this year. not that our quarterback situation is messed up. It's that we are No, it's just this elite corners and safeties are just so good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're hmm. that good. Um, so yeah, so we'll see. I, I like I said, the, the top the top starters those are set in stone. The real interesting thing will be see how are they rotated, and who's kind of who 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 plays where, because um, they they've been all over the place. Yeah, I how much how much is this going to be a new look defense, or is it should we just expect to see more or less the kind of other than the rotation which you mentioned earlier. Uh, which will be should be different. Um, how is this going to be different than what we saw under Derek Mason? So I think you're going to say see, and this is for both sides of the ball. And I think as long as Brian Harson is the head coach, you're going to see the same general top level scheme ideas okay. on both sides of the ball. 
So defensively, you're going to see a lot of the same formations and things like that. I think the way the the way the defense is called will be different. Uh, if you do uh, go back and watch forty to Mississippi State in the well, second half, we'll see. I, it, Mason definitely his strategy. You know, he rolled out <laughs> multiple times. He had the strategy of like just flood the field with. I I felt like Mason at times forgot that he had Auburn athletes now and not mm-hmm. Vanderbilt athletes. And so he tended to call defenses uh, more conservative to try to prevent the big plays and just got eaten alive. Um, yeah. I think Schmetting is more aggressive. Um, so I think you will see less of that <laughs> type of thing. Yeah. Now on the flip side, does that mean we get burnt more over the top? We'll see. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that's, that's something I'm, I'm interested to see. Do we blitz more? Uh, you know, I think Penn State's a great opportunity right out the gate to see how do we handle these things differently because Mason's strategy was like, I don't, I think let's make Sean Clifford beat us. Let's rush three, drop eight, force him into a mistake. And then Sean Clifford like had the best day of his career. So it'll be interesting to see. That's a great first game to see, okay, how are we going to approach these things differently? But my bet is defensively, you will see uh, more aggressiveness, more rotation, um, and I'm actually, I actually think there's a good chance this defense is, is better than it was last year. Um, assuming, and we'll get to that position X, assuming the linebacker position uh, can execute at a high level because we have a Zacoby McLean sized hole now in the defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was, he was the performer of the year last year, I, I, I think. Um, and for him to be gone, I mean, we still have. Uh, Papo, which is great, mm-hmm. um, but man, that guy was the, just the, the heart of this defense. And, yeah, I'm down with OP. Uh, uh, I, we do need to determine if that middle name is a P. You're right, Crow. Uh, we do. I don't think Ryan gets this reference. Anyway, he, does, uh, he doesn't even know who Naughty by Nature is. Uh, All right, let's go ahead on to the linebacker. Speaking of the OPP. All right, uh, in the middle. We've got Owen Papo, uh, Wesley Steiner, and Desmond Tisdall. At the Will, Cam Riley, uh, UNC transfer Eugene Asante, and walk-on term scholarship linebacker Jake Lavat. Uh, and then over at the edge, is, you've got, uh, I think, probably the best talent on the roster right here. That, uh, with Derek Hall and Dylan Brooks on one side and Eku Leota and Marcus Prag on the other. So a, a Takeo Spikes clone, and um, uh, and then a guy with the best name on the team, Eku Leo. Yep. Okay. The Smoke cool. Monday Award of best name on the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that Smoke has relinquished his crown, uh, can we can we call Marcus Bragg Fort Bragg? Is we can now. <laughs> sure, Marcus Fort Bragg, <laughs> MF Bragg. <laughs> there we go. That sounds like a battleship, actually. MF Bragg. Oh, it USS does. MF Bragg. Anyway. What do you think, nerd? People should be excited about the linebackers, yeah? I think they should be excited about their potential, for sure. Uh, I mean, we've I seen think... all of these guys, right? Um, these are household seen... names. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, you know, uh, Owen has always had a, you know, he's been paired with McLean. And honestly, between the two of them, Zacoby's always had a better instincts as a linebacker. Papo's sure. a, a freaky athlete. But when you watch the 
games, you know, Zacoby shows up more. He pops up more yeah. on the tape because he's just around the ball. So I, I need to see Owen really play like a five-star this year because he's got all the athletic gifts in the world. Um, but it's big to have him back. What's interesting is, is, is Cam Riley and Wesley Steiner. Um, Cam Riley is uh, – uh, uh, there's been a few people that have compared. Now, no one thinks he's going to be as good, but his, his frame and, the, and, and general athleticism reminds a lot of people of Carlos Dansby in terms of being a big, long, lanky linebacker that can run. I'm um, for it. So if he's like a third of that, that would be enough. <laughs> Um, but he's got a lot of good reviews. And then there's Wesley Steiner, who's actually a better athlete than Owen Papo. Uh, is, is he a genetic freak? Yeah, he, he, uh, he, um, uh, he, he, he did the, uh, his spark. He, uh, Papo had the highest spark and then Steiner beat it. Like the Nike spark score thing where they do all yeah, these different right, stuff. Right. Um, but for him, and he's a really intelligent guy. The problem for him is like when you watch him play, at times he thinks too much. Like he's just, he's just sitting there and, and not reacting. Uh, and a lot of time about linebacker, it's just like, uh, in, uh, even Christian Robinson, was the Auburn's linebackers coach was talking about, is just like, pull the plug and go. Like, like you yeah. might be wrong, but, but go. Um, and so. Any truth to the rumor that everyone calls him big Papa pump. Yeah. <laughs> his middle name has got to be Scott, right? I saw him walk out practice, just kissing his bicep earlier. <laughs> That would be that would be awesome if that was his move. Like after oh he made God. Ta- he, if he, he made he, tackles. Listen, Wesley, out. I know you're like 18 years old, and there's no way you have any idea these people are. <laughs> but you 100 percent need to kiss your bicep after every sack. <laughs> Anything you do, yeah, it doesn't matter what it is. And there's a the, 141 and two thirds chance this guy starts some games, right? <laughs> <laughs> And then the uh, the wild card of the group is uh, the UNC transfer Eugene Asante, who will be wearing Zacoby's number, so it'll probably freak some folks out when they see number nine run out there. Mm. Um, he, uh, yeah, he's interesting. Uh, he was an interesting pickup because I thought Auburn would try to go get get a guy that's like you know proven starter somewhere. He was a backup at UNC, um, so I don't know. He's kind of he seems to be the fourth guy there. He's another really quick guy. But I'm not sure how much does he rotate in. We'll see. And then after that, we don't know. You know, you got you got the legend Jake Levant picking off Zach Calzada in, in the in the in the scrimmages. So you know, maybe he gets in that gets in the mix too. But those top the three legend. are going to be the guys. Um, and then of course, Edge is like that's if there's a position on this roster outside of tight end, which is kind of hilarious. But outside of tight end, where you have the most confidence in terms of like okay, this unit will be good, it, it's Edge. Uh, Derek yeah. Hall is the man. Uh, you know, no matter how anyone, how you might feel about Brian Harson as a fan, you should be in Jordan Harris screaming your butt off for this team because Derek Hall is lining up for it. Like, that dude is Mr. Auburn. Uh, and I'm hoping he can, he can build on what the way he did finish the year and, and shoot up draft boards. And then uh, Leota... Uh, came on strong at the end of the season, and, and Rock Bellatoni, the edge coach, has actually been hyping him up more than Hall uh, this fall camp, um, and, and really excited about what he's done. Um, so yeah, you got to feel good about those two. Behind those is interesting. Bragg was a late pickup from Western Kentucky. He's a really big dude. He's kind of more of a defensive end, and he actually has gotten some work at defensive end. Um, and then Dylan Brooks is the opposite. He's still 
he still needs some more time. He still looks kind of thin. Uh, apparently, he dealt with an illness right when fall camp started and lost like fifteen or twenty, like something crazy. Um, <clears throat> Ryan, but we'll see. Care to, care to yeah, I don't. I don't know what the disease that he he was stricken with. Um, but you know, okay. tapeworm, maybe. Yeah, maybe these things happen. I, you know, I just want to say that if Derek Hall keeps half of the same energy that he had in uh, Neville Arena about six, seven months ago, uh, he's going to be one of my all-time favorite Auburn football players. So, Yeah, he's he's and, and he was, uh, I should have mentioned this with Papo, he was named team captain today. So him and okay. Owen Papo are two of the three team captains. You heard it here so, first, folks. Yeah, breaking news. Um, yeah, so enjoy this because uh, next year I have no idea who's going to start at Edge. So enjoy, yeah. <laughs> enjoy yeah. this room now because three of these four guys will be gone. Uh, so we'll see. Let's go to the other side of the football with tight ends. Mm. And as, as Nerd insinuated, this is a position group of strength. Oh, how the turntables. Oh, look, look, hey, hey, look at us, Crow. Look at us. Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> Not me. Uh, uh. Yeah, tight end plugging in uh, everyone's favorite first baseman, John Samuel Shaker Iver Schmidt. I thought he I thought he quit baseball. Well, I mean, you only had the best hitter in college baseball come in and take a spot last year, but oh, well, it happens, yeah. right? Once yeah. a first baseman, I, always. I guess he could still play this spring, right? He could. He could. Do it and be a legend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a study D size hole to fill at first base right now. Yeah, uh, and then backing him up, Tyler Fromm and Luke Deal. Luke um, Deal, no, really no change in that group in the last three years. So, will we ever? Uh, I mean, we'll line up with two tight ends, right? Every now yeah. and then. Yeah, that's what I thought. Absolutely. We yeah. should have hired Jason Garrett as the head coach. He loves this crap. <laughs> we put five tight ends out there. Auburn had a we. There was some goal line sets where we had three or four tight ends out That's there. That's right. I oh, thought I that was that. that was the best play of the season last year. Was the Bonix uh, touchdown to Tyler Fromm and, and uh, mm-hmm. Baton Rouge? Who two tight ends danced, danced around <laughs> and around and around and then just kind of zipped one right there to the back of the end zone. Right. Nah, I prefer a pocket passer. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't want to hear about Bonix. Next. Yeah, I, We're going to have to talk about though, I, have, I, do have a, I do have a concern with this room that I feel like we need to talk about. And I feel like it's – it's if if the season goes sideways, I think we could trace it back to the fact that John Samuel Schinker is now wearing number 25. And oh, my God. It's just so that. unnatural. <laughs> Why is he doing this? Does, does I don't anyone, know. Has anyone asked him? I'm extremely upset about it. And um, it's because um, he's going to get honestly, the running, he's gonna get some a win off the back. schedule for me. But, is he going to be a uh, halfback? Like, what kind of number is that? 25. 25. You give you give one tight end a carry in a bowl I hope game. He gets, a- he, just <laughs> gets, <laughs> and he just gets carried away. Yeah, man. Who was the last great Auburn 25? Right oh. in at Ryan S. Starrett on Twitter. Who is the last great Auburn 25? Well, we have a great one right now, Colby Wooden, but I guess before that, uh, I don't know. Who would be that before? Because some of the running backs Sean, like Sean Shiver is 25. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Your your favorite player. Yeah, as, right? as, a, as a freshman. Uh, RB1 at Indiana. 
RB1 in Indiana, by the way. I hope Sean Shivers is Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year this year. And if he is, I will just never hold. I will never get over that. You're gonna open the podcast, uh, yeah. talking about it every week. Every week. Okay. Guess who had 200 yards rushing and three touchdowns? <laughs> Sean Travers in Indiana. He, he's 100 percent going to have a day like that in the Big Ten. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, with State. his speed, he's just gonna like. Pop yeah, guess who scored twice against Ohio State and beat him in the biggest <laughs> upset of the season? It was Sean Shivers. Remember how we should have played him because he destroyed that safety from Alabama and played like he literally was made of espresso on every possession? All right. Let's, want to go to running backs from there then? Let's go to running backs. One second. Let me All see right. if you guys can hear this. This will go through. Not good. No, not not good anything. This is run, 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 run by the Velvet Underground. And guys, that is my advice to the running backs: just run, 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 because it's going to be all on you. (laughs) Tank Bigsby, Jark West Hunter, Barry Alston, Sean Jackson. Pretty talented group. Yeah, they should combine for sixty carries a game this year. (laughs) That seems they might. It seems like. They might. We should just run Wildcat. Why not? We the whole that time. should be the entire backfield. Is those guys? Yeah. You run never know who's got the ball. Just do like a oop de oop situation. fullback. Run the pirouette but <laughs> instead of Chandler Cox. What, but surely one there. of those guys could throw the ball like fifteen yards at least. Right? I guess. I hope, it, I hope it's Sean Jackson with his little you know, five nine bowling ball frame. Oh man! I'm trying to think of any of them. Spent any time at court because you know, like like Booby Whitlow played quarterback yeah. at uh, at his, and he actually threw a touchdown against yeah. Georgia. Now I think about it. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I guarantee you, all these dudes think are athletic it. enough. They could probably throw. Yeah, a sure. Couple passes a game. Like I said, they surely they can get it fifteen yards down the field. I know? mean, Ryan's favorite quarterback is a defensive back, so I mean, he would love this. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> If it wins the ball games, I'll watch it do anything. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I will say the interesting thing about this group, you know, Tank is Tank, although I, he's got to be more patient this year. Yeah. If there's a big, if there's a knock on him, it's like he's <laughs> he takes the ball, and if it's like not a ho- wide open hole, he bounces outside, and and teams picked up on that year two, and his numbers dropped in a lot of categories uh, because of that. So he's he's got to stay more disciplined and patient. He's still a beast, obviously. Um, but if he wants to be an NFL back, he's got to show some some uh, some more of that. I want to see Hunter put up a full season. We've seen flashes of it, but I think the real interesting story is Demari Austin, who's a guy that I I wasn't sure about coming out. Like I thought he was a good player, but he's like I don't know. Like you, uh, he doesn't have a lot of like the measurements you look for when you think elite college football running back but he was the story of the first scrimmage he ran for like over 100 yards and had two touchdowns um good pass catcher uh harson says he has a really good natural feel for the game and uh he's gonna see he's gonna see carries how many we'll see tanks already dealt with a minor injury so like people are gonna get banged up we'll see him some um but that'll be exciting and, and shout out to carnell williams who's one of the few coaches on this roster who is consistently building SEC caliber rooms. He's got another dude coming in next year and Jeremiah Cobb, who's an absolute stud too. So uh, feel good about this room 
uh, long term as long as Caddy's here. Is Tank Bigsby going to get back to a thousand yards this year? Oh yeah, I think he gets back to a thousand yards just by brute force, <laughs> like assuming he's healthy. Uh, but yeah, let's. Uh, I'm I'm curious. That Penn State game's a big one. Can, can he was effective against Penn State? Um, but you know, can he go out there and put 150 on Penn State? Are I mean, any one of these guys going to be big in the passing or in the receiving game? I guess. Yes, I, I, the 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 receptions actually went up last year already. And I think you'll see it go up even higher. Uh, Jarquez Hunter is an excellent receiver, uh, and Tank's actually Tank's a good, good. catch. Yeah, yeah, Tank's a good catch. Um, he made. I remember the, when he went to the opening, that was like the big thing. Is he was like one of the best pass catchers. Um, he had a good catch then, against Georgia last year. Yeah, and then Austin, Austin uh, Damari Austin can catch the ball. Um, so yeah, I think you'll definitely see that. And from what I've watched on seven on sevens, our quarterbacks love the checkdown. So I think you'll definitely see. Uh, all these backs get opportunities to try to make dudes miss uh, in the open field. So, Ryan, what are the best – the qualities of a head coach are talent acquisition, talent development, and talent development. deployment. Mm-hmm. Right. So it sounds like the one guy who's doing this really well on this team, on this coaching staff, is one Carnell Cadillac Williams. Just saying. Are we already surprised? Well, people are out here acting like he should not be a candidate for an offensive coordinator position, and I'm here saying, uh, name me somebody better on our staff at doing these three <laughs> things. The answer is no one. This son of a gun has got the best room on the building. He is putting out consistent athletes, and uh, and yeah, what else do you need him to do? We need him. We need him to take a few carries. Yeah, yeah Garnell right. could take a few carries. Would be great too. Uh, somewhere Selfishly, else, I just... wouldn't be upset if he was our running back coach for the next, you know, 10, 15 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Eddie somewhere Al, Al Borges is smiling at all this talk of throwing passes, going, going, taking it back to the old Gulf Coast offense, huh? We really should put two running backs on the field at the same time. Yeah. And Al Borges would yes. his head would explode. He'd be so happy. <laughs> Ab- absolutely. Especially these two, because they can do so many things. I mean, yeah, I, I love Jarquez. Actually, 23, right. 23 formation. Give me three tight ends. Two running backs. Oh, baby. And nice let's, let's do this. Gross. <laughs> and then hit, say, break, and all the tight ends split out wide. Landon yeah, exactly. King, all of a sudden, the X. He's got that 25 on. Put him out there, you know, the boundary. <laughs> Send him on a go route. Let's, let's get crazy. Call I mean, he gave him a fly sweep. Let's do this. Here's what we know about John, Sham- John Samuel Schinkerheimer-Schmidt. He said he plays baseball, which theoretically means he can throw. Tight end pass. Tight end pass. Now we're oh, talking. Man. I talked about this in the Slack when when Harson was the OC at Texas. They had six guys throw touchdowns that year, and only three of them were quarterbacks. He Jackson Shipley, a receiver, threw three touchdowns that season. <laughs> three touchdowns. He was the third leading passer for touchdowns on the team. Wow. Was a receiver. Because their other quarterbacks were a disaster. I'd, was, I'd, I mean, I'd like to see him let's get a little more creative. You know, that, that would be well, make it as, fun. I mean, well, we every single time we got McCoy. creative, it it failed miserably. Uh, that's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I was I, very upset with it. Well, okay, I wouldn't call those creative though. Those were just. I mean, you had the Kobe Hudson drop grab in ass. Penn State. Little little uh, little little tight end fly sweep in the bowl game. I'm trying to remember some of the other crazy ones. 
crazy. In 2000, whatever it was, when, when, when Horace was at Texas, Garrett Gilbert started the year, and then he sucked, and they were like, well, you're out, and he transfers midseason. So then they put out Colt McCoy's brother, Case, who was terrible, and a guy named David Ash, who was – you ever heard of David Ash? Of course not. And so they had to just, like, make it up as they went. <laughs> and I – you know, he can do it. And they won 10 games. I, they win 10 games. They won, they won we don't have that situation, Crow. That would be yeah, tough. Sure. <laughs> that would be tough. They, they won the holiday bowl, Texas. I'm trying to say. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk about the receivers then. Um, kind of like uh, the offensive line, there's a lot of uh, starting jobs up in the air still. Uh, a lot so, of well-known uh, names here too, though. Yeah, there's some some names that have been around, but not a ton of like high high end production. Oh, right, right, yeah. yeah. Uh, got the X, Shedrick Jackson. Uh, I know him. Kendall Brown, big name out of camp, and Xavier Capers. Uh, hey, Xavier Capers, nerd. Yeah, he was the guy. Four star, borderline top one hundred guy. Yeah. What's he doing down there backing up Shedrick Jackson? Well, his, his nerds guy Cam Brown is in front of him now. The two yeah. guys in front of him. One guy had one catch last year, one <laughs> touchdown catch last year. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, it just doesn't seem to click with them. I don't know. It's It's been uh... – Because in the bowl game, Capers was like, well, this is the next Seth Williams. That was the bowl game two years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember that. Two I years ago, it looked like Seth Williams against Houston. But. No, not against Houston. Lord no. Yeah, I, I, no I really don't know good. what's going on. I I, I was kind of kept hoping he would he would he would break out, but it has I not happened. He was yet. on the team. Yeah. Sorry, Ryan. I interrupted you. You're good. I'll go ahead and run through the rest of them. Uh, at the H spot, Javarius Johnson, Tavares Dawson, and Landon King, secret weapon. And at the Z, Malcolm Johnson Jr. and LSU transfer Coy Moore. What uh, is Landon King question. the Internet King at this point? Like here you go, Camden Brown is who everyone wanted Landon King to be. There you go. Okay. Okay. How about that? Mm. How about that? All right. Uh, I'm not trying to hate it. on Landon. Heard it here I'm first. not trying to hate on Landon because I actually I actually like Landon, but. Uh, I think he's a situational guy. He's going to be a guy that when Auburn's in the red zone, they're facing third down, you'll see him come out into that uh, big slot, which I know you, you folks love uh, uh, that position. I do position. love the big slot. Love the big slot. Um, not at the flanker. Um, you're going to put him at the big slot. Uh, we love a big slot. Us he, could, he could work at the split end, though. He's got that He's got that size. You could put him at the split end or the big well, slot. Yeah, wasn't he a tight end? Am I crazy? Yes, he was. Okay. He was. That, that's what I thought. I was like, he, wait, I thought this guy was a tight end. The, the one problem for him is he's one of those tweeners where it's like he's not really big enough to yeah. inline block as a tight end, mm-hmm. but he's not necessarily fast enough um, or, or quick enough to be a top-end receiver. But I do think a receiver makes a lot of sense for him, and, and I think they'll use him situationally. He'll still, he'll still have an impact, but he's going to be a guy that everybody's like, why are we throwing Landon King more? Like, you're going to hear that a ton. Because point. he was sold to us like he was a mixture of Gronk and Randy Moss. <laughs> yeah. Would he, have, would he have been an H-back under Gus? Is that? Yes. Okay. He would have he caught 
He would have had eight to ten receptions. <laughs> all wheel routes. And, and, and wheel yeah, seven of them would have been wheel routes. <laughs> He'd have been Carl Stewart under tubs. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, so we'll see. This is an interesting group. Obviously, like, Shedrick Jackson is, you know, the veteran of the group. He's going to be starting at the boundary. Um at that X, but eight year senior Shedder Jackson. I predict yeah. uh, Shed Jackson uh, to replace Smoke Monday as the most uh, hated player on Twitter. That's uh, probably that's where I'm going. Even uh, and probably unduly hated. Just he drops a, like one ball a game, and people lose their minds about it. But. He he finished the season much better than he started last year. He did. If he plays right. like he did near the end of the season, that would be a huge help. But I think this could be a chance. I don't know if they'll ever, because they love Shedrick Jackson so much, and like he does all the things that they're trying to get everybody to do in terms of like what do you do on a day to day basis within the program, and how are you as a human being? Like he's he's like the prototype of what yeah. they want. Yeah, show up on time, take the stairs, you know, right? Run run the steps. Paint, he's he's paint one and color blue. But he is right. He's one and zero every day. <laughs> every day, every day. Um, but I can see this being a situation where it was with Seth Williams when he came in for Camden Brown, where it's like, golly, I, we got to get this dude on the field because yeah. he's just. I think he won playmaker of the of the day. Like, I think it was either like four or five times. It might have been more than that, but it was felt like every single day they they had those little like specific who won certain awards for each day. Cameron around like one of the playmaker of the award for it. He's, he's, a, he's a freaky dude. Um, so he'll see action. Uh, I think the slots interesting that, which is the H spot. You have Javarius Johnson, who's a guy that I felt like had a chance to have a breakout season this year. Cause when he was healthy and on the field, dude was blown by everybody. Now we only hit him half the time between Bo and TJ. We missed him a lot, but he was there. Um, but Torveris Dawson, uh, was the guy that got hyped a lot last fall camp, came down with COVID kind of had a season derailed. He's back now again. He's getting a lot of hype. Um, so those two guys are very similar. They're smaller jitterbugs, uh, and they got the explosion. They're fast enough to actually go deep and Harson actually loves using slot receivers to hit deep balls. Um, so I'm interested to see who gets the lion's share of the, of the targets there. Uh, and then the Z is also interesting because Malcolm Johnson Jr. has very quietly been probably the most steady receiver of camp. Uh, if I had to pick a guy right now where I was like, who leads the team in receptions? My pick would actually be Malcolm Johnson Jr. He's the guy um, that reclassified a couple yes. of years ago, right? Okay. Yep. Came in early, he's a guy that uh, Alabama, Georgia, and all these other ones wanted. Yeah, he, he kind of came in as the the next Anthony Schwartz, uh, just yes. elite top end speed. Um, you know, maybe a little raw as a receiver. Loves getting overthrown for no reason. Just, loves catching the ball with a cast. Yeah, loves, like, loves just seeing the ball sail way over his head into the stands. Um, is Shedrick Jackson the like if if you were to put a spectrum of Auburn receivers on the on one end is yeah. Shedrick Jackson. Okay. Is the other in like a Duke Williams? I don't think he's that bad. I don't think he's I don't think he's that bad. I think uh I do think there's limitations in terms of like what he can provide. Not uh, skill. I'm talking about like the kind of like the coaches love Shedder Jackson. Oh, and they gotcha. love yes. like yeah. Yeah. Like this yeah, one yeah. guy that's fair. every day. 
this guy's on time. This guy is taking the stairs. This guy's, I don't know. Yes. Making three uh, that, that's a fair comparison. Yes. Oh, no, but uh, I don't know like line example, like uh, Derek Brown versus Nick Fairley. Is that a better? Sure. So Derek Brown, everybody loves Derek Brown. Nick Fairley maybe played three plays a game, but they were all sacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Coy Moore is uh, a guy that, again, kind of in the Shedder Jackson vein, like he showed up at campus and was like, work, work, work very business-minded focused, and the staff loved him. I I don't know. Like, uh, you go back and watch what he did at LSU, like, he's he's fine. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily see a guy that's going to explode on the scene and go for 1,000 yards. Um, did he I play hate with the idea of a guy. at LSU? Yes, he came in the same yeah. class. I hate the idea of a guy transfer from LSU and outworking us thinking that that's what he's used to. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Are we yeah. are we more lax than the Coach O A L S U teams? Well, with a with a name like Coy, he must be pretty zen. Yeah. True. You know what I've heard is that he will be as big as the tank you put him in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. I don't right. like those implications, bro. So who's next? Uh, uh, well, I think. Uh, it's- Deep position, Obviously, right? it's the special teams, right? That's right. Yeah, That's the the one everyone's been waiting for. Place kicker, uh, you know, there's a, there's a big battle there between a, uh, a wily vet and a young up-and-comer out of a certain town up in northeast Alabama. I'm not totally sure where. Um, but, yeah, Anders Carlson probably going to be your place kicker again. Oh! Okay. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Finally, the end of the Carlson dynasty of uh, all <laughs> But he's got some competition. And uh, maybe a guy that'll take the kickoff specialty, uh, keep Anders' leg a little fresher this year after his uh, ACL surgery. Uh, Alex McPherson. Why are we going to roll a guy with a bum leg out there when we a perfectly <laughs> capable guy uh, from a much uh, better place? Uh, than Colorado Springs. And a much more established kicking dynasty than the other guy. I mean, one is from a place where, like, I don't know, mountains and stuff. The other is from hometown of 40 number one hits. And a mountain. Country music super in Alabama. <laughs> There's, we got mountains too, man. And the largest producer of socks in the United States. Until 2000. Well. China. Up until recently, former largest stock producer. Till W lifted the tariffs, but let's not get into that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, what I love about the kicker room is you've is the sheer like like we talked about the scale of like you know the show Jacks, Duke Williams in terms of coach. Like think about like bodies of kickers. Mm-hmm. This is as this is as wide as you will get. Like Andrews Carlson is like six five. 200 something pounds, like legitimately can run down the field and make like linebacker hits. Yeah. And then Alex McPherson's like 5'8. Yeah, like, he's uh, a small, small 100, dude. 150 pounds or something. He's got like, a leg on like, him. Oh, the, like, you know, uh, they're just like completely different kickers, but equally powerful in very yeah. different I ways. Think, I think the comparison you're looking for there, Nerd, is uh, like Daniel Carlson versus Evan McPherson. You know, two good NFL kickers. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alex is 
much shorter than his brother, I, I believe. Yeah, I was gonna say Evan's bigger. <laughs> Alex is even smaller. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Anders and Daniel's father was a tennis player, right? Swedish, Norse, uh, Scandinavian tennis yeah, player, some sort of Viking. And then was like did like FCA, and like <laughs> is a. Legitimately, I'm not. That's not a joke. I know. Yeah, yeah. Or, or I, know like, I just like. I just like going from Viking to F- FC. I like. I like. I, the then, image of me was a Viking showing up to the FCA meeting. <laughs> you should keep the that FCA image. FC would love that. And and uh, and he looks like that. He looks like his dad was a Viking who did FCA. And then McPherson does not look like his dad was a Viking. <laughs> well, who did FCA. no, the, the McPherson's uh, dad just looks like a dude. Yeah, just <laughs> a guy uh, from Fort Payne. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep, just well, a dude. The other he likes his dog with mustard and lettuce. The other kicking specialist in this room, uh, everybody's favorite Aussie, Oscar Chapman, who was like one of the best punters in the SEC last year in the uh, country. I got got. Yeah, he, he wasn't quite punt guy down at San Diego State, but uh, you know, had had <laughs> plenty of practice last year. We'll put it that way. I think. Uh, I think it's just. Totally overshadowed. Well, maybe people just don't like to see the punter that much, but uh, yes. unless you unless you are from LSU, where they have a weird uh, love for their punters. Uh, I mean, we do too, I guess. But uh, I, I just boom there's it. so much. Liz, boom it. Yeah, he got penalized <laughs> for you know only going over one passing the ball last year. Yeah, I I just I feel like nobody really even paid attention to the, the Chapman had a great year because of the just angst at the end of last season like it reached a boiling point around south carolina and i think it was people were just ready to be done they didn't care if anybody won any awards so he was what i what i want is for you know, if you're listening to this friend of the show justin ferguson i want to find out if oscar chapman so aussies are known for abbreviating people's names and then adding a y at the end so if your name is like brandon they'll call you brando or brandy if your name is Roger, they'll call you Rajo, Raji. Is he Ozzo or is he Chappy? And that's what I want to know. Or is he Chapo? Oh, hell. he's Chappy. He hell, has to be have careful an NIL deal. Yeah. El he's Chappy. He has to have an NIL deal <laughs> with Chappy's Deli. Yeah. If he gets an NIL with Chappy's Deli, he's going to be so disappointed. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, like, how is this place still around? Sorry. Good that's breakfast. I take on Chappies. Yeah, good breakfast. They sell Koneka at yeah. breakfast, which is great. Now, right. Who's going to be returning kicks for us this year? Uh, so the good news is I don't think you'll see Tank out there that's, anymore. That's bad news. I want to see Tank. <laughs> no, we don't. I think, no. I think you will see a lot of Jarquez Hunter. Jarquez Hunter. Um, I think Nehemiah Pritchett's been getting a lot of reps back there. It'll be interesting See, because again, that's when you're starting quarterbacks. Do you, uh, you know, do you use him in spots? Does he get more of them? Um, also, uh, I think the other two, uh, Damari Austin, uh, was getting looks back there, which I thought was, I didn't see that at all coming. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. And then Coy Moore is another, uh, interesting. Donovan Kaufman hasn't been seen to get a ton of reps, but in the brief bit he played at Vanderbilt, he had some explosive plays. So, um, maybe he, he, he's back there, but I, I think you'll at least to, to start with, you'll see probably Pritchett and, and, and Hunter, which I really like the idea of Jarkis Hunter. Cause he's, 
he's he's one of those guys that feels like once he turns the corner, he can just go. Uh, and and if he finds a lane on on a kickoff, he he can take it all the way. What about? I want to see Jeffrey Embaugh return. return a kick. Yeah, there you go. Well, when I see Jay Fair, uh, my mind just thinks Tony Fair. Uh, really, yeah. Return point. Very, yeah. very opposite spectrum bodies yeah. Yeah. as well. There, uh, between Jay Fair and Tony Fair. Um, What's the punt returner situation look like? So I think it's going to be Javarius Johnson. Uh, he actually did pretty well in placement of uh, Robertson um, last year. Uh, the the other one, it's all there. Actually, I just thought like Nathan King had a had a. Uh, over at two four seven, had Jay Ferris his second guy. I was like, okay, sure, I guess that works as the second guy. I think you can see Tarveris Dawson uh, do that as well, or even Coy Moore again. Um, and then uh, Keontae Scott has actually got some reps back there. But I think you're going to see Javarius Johnson uh, for the most part. And I, uh, I, my bold prediction is you're going to see uh, Javarius Johnson uh, return a punt for a touchdown uh, this season. So there you go. That is a bull. Hard to be overthrown by a putter. Exactly. That's the mindset. <laughs> all right. Now, all that's left. 90 minutes in, I guess we should get to On this incredible podcast is Step chart quarterback. Step chart. We're wait, wait. Long, step, long snapper first, right? No, Ryan. Quaddlebomb. Here we go. Here we go. You heard it here first, folks. Quaddlebomb is your I think that's his name. Something like that. Who's starting quarterback, nerd? Well, I I think when Auburn trots out against Mercer, uh, the same the same tall, handsome gentleman we saw trot out in Birmingham will lead Auburn's offense onto the field. Uh, T.J. Finley seems to have been solidly the number one guy uh, for much of camp. You and come so at the while, king, you best not miss Calzada. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, all right. So real quickly, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go TJPR real quickly. Okay. Go for it. Uh, oh, boy, oh, go. just, 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 just here go. Here we go. All right. Let's, let's, let me, let's, let me slide in one thing ahead of you, nerd. Uh, okay. He was signing autographs at Oak Lake Power Sports, uh, or is going to, uh, that's starting quarterback material for me. That's, I'm, I'm in. I mean, I'm sold. Yeah. His mind. I hope he signs right an place. ATV. Yeah. I hope he signs yeah. a scooter. Yeah. <laughs> Bit. You get you get you get hit with the moped, no helmet. That's the mindset you need. You need to go out there and 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 go off it. So here's here's the thing. First off, num- point number one on TJ Finley. No one expected TJ Finley to be a starting quarterback of the SEC as a freshman. He was like a three star. All the evals were always the same. This dude has a ton of the tools, but he's raw and needs to be developed. Goes to LSU, and and this leads to point two. He's been in two really crappy situations to start his career. So LSU, he joins Edo's burning ship of a program with, with the COVID. So he, he just comes in fall camp. He beats out Max Johnson, uh, A&M's backup quarterback. <laughs> More like um, Ben Johnson. <laughs> now we're talking. There you go. See? Uh, beats out Max Johnson for, this, for the backup spot behind Miles Brennan. Okay? He's going to have a comfy season. Just watch Brennan do his thing. Develop. Brennan gets hurt. TJ, save us. Throw him to the Lions. Uh, let him play the hardest part of the schedule. <laughs> and then bench him before they play the two easiest defenses to finish the year. He's like, screw this. Comes to Auburn. Doesn't get spring. Okay. 
shows up for fall camp. He's got to compete, you know, with Daddy Ball. That's right. I said it. Daddy Ball. Yeah. You heard me, Bo. <laughs> uh, that's right. This is TJ's PR. That's why wow. I'm so, so hot. No, I'm in on this. Yeah, yeah, Jeez. yeah. Get out of here, Daddy Ball. He had no chance, you know, wasn't getting first team reps. You know, it was all Bo. Okay. It's the Bo show until he breaks his legs. His or his one leg. His I don't think <laughs> All right, I got too I got too deep into the character. He's doing good. Uh, <laughs> TJ comes Wait, in. Wait, did he get? Na- or are you insinuating that he's he he got Nancy Kerrigan here? Is no, that- yes. no, I just by TJ. Yeah, I got, I got too. Yeah, I got too fired right, up there. Right. Uh, and then, uh, oh, and on top of that, so you get thrown into the fire now. Okay, uh, m- most of the seasons are pretty much done. You get to uh, or, st- start against on the road the cra- in a hostile environment. That you is, beat that Georgia is Columbia, State, South Carolina, one of the crappiest teams in the league. But okay, but what a hostile environment! That, uh, that that uh, that that rooster is just uh, he's one and one. Okay, all right, he's one and one. Um, you got that? Yeah, exactly. He tore him up the year before. You know why yeah. he didn't tear him up this year? Because he had Mike Bobo calling plays for him. Okay, so T.J. Finley off the bench. Mike Bobo called him. All right, so here okay. he is now all this right. year. All right, all right. He's a he should be a redshirt sophomore. This would that would if in the ideal path. All right. This is the first time he's ever been in a system for the second year. Yes, it's a new offensive coordinator, but yeah, for, it's, it's the name. It's the same idea. It's the same. The same general ideas. We're just calling plays differently, uh, which I'm sure gives people all sorts of comfort and excited for me. No, sorry. Back to TJPR. Back to TJPR. So he's back. He's you know he's got a whole year. He got a full spring. He got the summer. Brian Harson has hung his hat on QB development. Uh, he's got a proven track record of 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 developing quarterbacks and having high powered passing offenses. It just makes sense. It just he makes got- sense that the six seven beast of a man. It's it's just going to be clicking with them. TJ revenge season. Let's he go. keeps he, my my only thing about TJ is Harson has brought in guys to beat TJ. Okay, that's that's what I was about to say. He, and they couldn't do it. Two guys. That are here to try to beat him out. One beat Alabama head to head last year. Yep. Um, the other uh, left because Bo Nix was going to come in and beat him out for his job. So whatever. Um, the, and transferred in, right? Robbie Ashford is yeah. the uh, the Oregon He's guy. From- yeah, he left when when uh, when the coaching change happened. Okay. Left. Okay. Um. So. You know that as you point out, Carl. That's that's competition. He he had to win a competition. Um, and it's done so. Yeah, he. This is. I'll no. say like, yeah, he won. TJ is the starting quarterback. He won that job. He was not given that job. No, from he what 100 to your point, nerd. I think from what I've been reading, it seems as if maybe I'm wrong. Reading the tea leaves, it looks as if Zach Calzada was given every opportunity to win this job. Yes, maybe more than he should have been given. Like. <laughs> Given more reps than he should have been given. Like, please, please, Lord, win this job, Zach Kazak. <laughs> and he yeah. could not do it mm. because TJ it, Finley kept coming in and doing his thing. Yeah. And, and 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 if that's the case, like you would make the case you could make the case that TJ Finley was given the short end of the stick this spring and still won this job. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And they just now pared things down to to just him and Robbie. Um, in terms of the reps, so yeah, now he's one. And now that I, I'll take, I'll take my TJ PR hat off. Okay, uh, I will say 
the reports aren't necessarily that TJ's gone out there and is looking like Joe Burrow, like, like you know, right. lighting people up. The feeling I get is the floor, which, again, might be terrifying for some people, the floor seems to be higher with TJ at quarterback because he understands the system. Uh, he's executing it better than other people. He's got a six-win floor. That's what you're trying yeah, to say. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, uh, so, so the PR the ceiling is the roof is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's where Robbie's interesting. And that's where I think this quarterback battle is not done until halftime of Penn State. Okay. In my opinion. If we go in halftime of Penn State and and we're we're two and oh and our offense is doing enough. I'm not saying it has okay. to be dominant, but like, you know, it's fourteen fourteen at halftime or we're up. TJ Finley's your guy, and he's probably gonna be the guy. Well, I I think uh maybe one thing people could look at here um, is that there were a lot of people that did not like Jason Campbell for his first oh, two yeah. years. He was at Auburn. Even in 03. Um, three, yeah, two or three years. Uh, now, TJ Finley has not been as good as Jason Campbell was in those times, so I don't want to get it too twisted. But Jason Campbell came out and had uh, – one of the best years of any Auburn quarterback ever in that, in that Oh four year. Now, again, it took three years and this would be Finley's third year. So, um, a lot there of that the offensive coordinators though. Um, TJ's got something right now that Campbell never had, where it's going to be the same system roughly, uh, Whereas Jason was moving from offense coordinator to offense coordinator to offense coordinator that were running their own things every time. So Ryan, yeah. Jason Campbell was a quarterback for Auburn. And <laughs> fourth best Auburn quarterback. No, uh, best oh. non-highest trophy winning Auburn quarterback of all time. Yes, yes. His SEC championship game in 2004 is a magnum opus of Auburn quarterbacking. Yeah. 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 He, did the, he did this thing where like he threw the ball to the guy who was supposed to catch it. And the guy caught it. Yeah, the guy caught it. Like, More and sometimes, it yeah, and sometimes he'd throw it to the guy, and they would catch it, and they would throw it in a way that he could catch it and keep running. Keep running. Yeah, yeah it was and crazy. He, he did it like Jason a, Campbell has never thrown a football the way Nick Marshall did to Sammy Coates in the SEC championship game in 2013. You know what he did do though? He completed more than 60 percent of his passes, and that's a thing that he did. So like more than like six out of ten times, he actually threw the ball to the right guy. Yeah, it was uh, pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Can I read one bit of uh, – you might Please, call it propaganda. Listen. I call it um, you know, just a little, little bit more of that T.J. Finley PR. Yeah. Uh, just something you – know, when you Google T.J. Finley, something you can learn a little bit more about. Established in 2006, T.J. Finley's has become a staple in the Bayshore community. Whether you're looking to sit down and enjoy a meal – for a late night hangout or partying at one of our events, there's no place better than TJ Finley's. Well, being he, a, uh, one of the first craft beer pubs on Long Island, TJ Finley's is the best spot for beer lovers to congregate. He needs Gosh. an NIL deal now. There we go. He should uh, never have to buy a craft beer at TJ Finley. <laughs> here's a TJ Finley fun fact uh, he was born uh, almost exactly five months before I started, uh, before I stepped foot on Auburn's campus. Yeah, Perfect. There you go. See, it's all lining up. Yeah. All the yes. dots. We're connecting all the dots here. Oh, well, what I, can I, you tell us about uh, Robbie Ashford, the the, uh, the 
presumed uh, number two guy. He's yeah, he's he's one hundred percent the number two guy. Um, and to me, he provides the highest highest ceiling of this group. Um, uh, but he's also the biggest wild card. I think he's had a high number of turnovers, um, mm. but he's also had a high number of crazy explosive plays. And I think you will see on either the third or the fourth drive against Mercer, you will see Robbie Ashford, Robbie Ashford come into the game and run the offense. Like they're going to give him a chance because like Crow said, they, they are looking at all these other guys yeah. and say, beat, beat TJ out. Someone go beat him out. Yeah. Um, and so uh, he's going to get his chances uh, in these first two games to show what he can do in live play. Uh, I look forward to seeing him against Mercer when we're up to 38 to nothing at the, in the third quarter. There you go. Uh, but I, I honestly, he's kind of a throwback to the guy that just left. Just way less experience. Sounds he like is a, he is Perfect. a wild card running around, can create explosive plays, but can also fumble in the red zone and have a, a, the ball return 95 yards like it did in the first scrimmage uh, for a touchdown. Um, and so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, you know, I think I'm like most people in my, in my honesty, Val, I'm like most people in terms of, I, I need to see, I just need to see TJ Finley. Like I, I need to see him with my own eyeballs, throwing the ball around with live action. What does he look like? I'm not expecting, you know, a giant knowing step he's the forward. I'm having yes. um, severe uh, Daniel Cobb, Jason oh. Campbell flashbacks currently. Uh, now, which, uh, which ones? Yeah, exactly. Uh, all, all of those. They were terrible <laughs> together. It's, it's all. It, was, it was all bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I guess uh, TJ would be J, uh, Daniel Cobb because Daniel Cobb was also a statue. Uh, and uh, Jason, uh, especially those first few years, had a little more movement to him. So I guess he's yeah. probably asked. Anybody, here's the thing. Anybody who really wants to call if I'm DJ Finley, I'm getting upset because I bet he could beat me in a race. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> like, oh, percent. I mean, for his statue. size, he could beat me at one on one basketball. He could beat me at baseball. <laughs> he could beat me in a race. Uh, he's actually a pretty good ball. athlete for his size. Like, he's a massive dude. He's yeah. like he's uh, six foot seven. Guy. I yeah. want him to win this job. I just I, I don't think he wants to move. Like I, I, that's just not his no. game. I think that's the. I, the the two things I want to see from TJ. Number one is is uh, has the game sped up for him? Is he playing at a faster pace? A lot of his problem that happened was that he was just like he was taking too long to get the ball out yeah. to see what's going on. It was just it was it wasn't there, which is not surprising for if you look at this dude's background and how he got to that position. It's not shocking at all. Yeah. Oh, get off the bench and go play the iron ball. <laughs> Like, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. They I, and, way too fast. Look, I I think he deserves more credit for playing through that Iron Bowl. I mean, he gutted it out like that. He was hurt is, too. He had one healthy game, and yeah. it wasn't a great game. But he had one healthy game as a starter. Um, and and look, it was a thrown together game plan where they just ran, like they limited the playbook. They ran that tumultuous RPO stuff. It was a terribly managed game. Anyone um, can look like a complete buffoon quarterbacking with Mike Bobo calling the place. Anyone. Yes. Matt Stafford, anybody. Uh, it, it, I think Bo Nix. Yes. I think Bo Nix um, 
basically the success Bo Nix had was due to Bobo's preparation and Bo Nix's ability to make plays. It had nothing to do with Bobo's play calling. And and if you don't have the you know if you don't have that the playmaking thing there and you've got Mike Bobo calling your plays, you're probably not going to have a lot of success. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, go ahead, Ryan. I was going to say we expect TJ Family to be named the starter. Yes. Uh, if you are the head coach of the Auburn Tigers, week one, you want the ball first, right? Yes. Like, I, I definitely think you want to set the tone with the offense. Uh, are you calling a deep ball first play, DJ Finley? No, I'm I, because no matter who Take the quarterback the middle, is, <laughs> who, no matter who the quarterback is, the DNA of this team is going to be running the football. So I'm going to come out that first drive. I want to run it down the throats. I want to get ourselves comfortable. I want our offensive line feeling good about ourselves. I want to put a touchdown on the board, and then when I come out that second drive, then I'm then I'm starting to mix it up a little bit. I'm starting to set TJ loose. And then once I'm up two scores, then I'm throwing that thing around a little bit. I'm just I'm going going 23 and then having Jarquez run a wheel route out of out of the 23. <laughs> there exactly. Exactly. I'm going 23. I'm gonna start with 23. We're gonna line up. He's gonna clap. And everybody's gonna break out. And we're gonna go five yeah. wide. Oh boy. QB draw oh. up the middle. <laughs> oh boy. Nobody'll see it coming. No one. No one. So yeah, we'll we'll see. And obviously, the other thing with TJ is has his accuracy improved. I don't expect him to be, you know, the most accurate quarterback in the SEC. But if he is like, you know, if he can if he can be at sixty to sixty two percent, that would be huge. Yeah. Well, if you have you have Tank, and we expected we expect Tank to be better than last year. You just need a quarterback to just be steady. Yes, that's and that's what he's been this camp. So. I said it on the Slack. I said on the Slack, Jarrett Stidham takes this team to the playoff. Just legitimately a guy who makes 70% of his throws. 2017, Jarrett, or 2018, Jarrett? 2017. 2017, Jarrett. Fair. 2017. Takes this team to the playoff easy. Not not Jarrett that's like, mm, I'm not going to get hurt. I'm out of here. Uh, I'm out of here. <laughs> Screw <laughs> this place. I just came back as a favor. Uh, <laughs> Does he get to bring Gus, t- Gus told me I was going to be able to make uh, you know, checks at the line and then was like, nah, actually, no, no you're no, not going to be able to. <laughs> we got five plays. Just don't worry <laughs> yeah. about it. Just look at me. Just, just yeah. look at me, I guess. All right, guys. Pretty amazing podcast, I think. If you didn't like it, at AU Chief on Twitter. Yeah. Hey, go, go, go leave us a review. We don't ever get reviews, do we? You know what? Like and subscribe and review if you don't yeah, like. Oh, there you go. Five years in, five years in, and y'all are sounding like a podcast now. Yeah, yeah. Give us get, hit the bell. Uh, yeah. uh, what the give us five people? stars. If you only give us four stars, I'm going to assume you are a hater. Yeah. yeah. Right. Seriously, go to iTunes. Give us a review. Uh, give us some feedback. Tweet at us. We like that. Uh, Spotify reviews too. If that's where you listen. TikTok. Hit us up on TikTok. TikTok. I'm there all day oh, doing the Jimmy man. Jams and Jam Jays. I don't know any TikTok lingo. I'm just yeah, saying. I've never things. opened a TikTok. Either. It's a <laughs> Chinese wanna, style. Why would I? If you want to talk about weird Anglican theology, tweet at me. That's all I think about most of the day, except for right now when I talk about Auburn sports. Otherwise, tweet at Ryan, Chief, Nerd, or at College of Mag. 
Guys, we'll see you next week. Keep on cocking. TJ Revenge season. Have a worry weekend. <laughs>